Hi everyone, and welcome to a special edition of Final Fantasy Union. I'm here with Brandon, and we're going to be talking all about Uncovered. Uncovered! It was a pretty awesome show. It's, it's already uncovered. Yeah, it is. Everything is uncovered. Well, not yes. everything. There's, there's still plenty they've not announced, but they announced a lot. They did announce a lot. Fifteen things, apparently. It's probably more than that, actually. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, they're. I think they're simplifying for you know dramatic effect, but so uh, there was definitely a lot of things. There were a lot of things. So um, yeah, we, Brandon and I are just going to talk through pretty much everything. That happened. We're going to give a quick synopsis where possible and then kind of delve in a little bit to our thoughts about certain parts. Um, but it's going to be not too long of an episode. Probably we're, we're aiming for about 20 to 25 minutes. Let's see if it we can do that. Will be, yeah, let's see if we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> we got what, two minutes per announcement. I'm just going to run through the normal spiel. So um, obviously, if you're listening to this for the first time, this is Final Fantasy Union and it's part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union. Typically, we have a new show that comes out every Tuesday. This is obviously coming out on a Sunday. But Brandon, the next KHU is coming out on Tuesday, right? Yep. So be excited for that. Yeah. And you should be able to check this episode out on uh, FinalFantasyUnion.com and also our YouTube channel, which is forward slash FFUnionVids. All right. So Uncovered. Uncovered. We've been talking about this for a long time. Since August. They announced it in August. It's been a while. They've been bigging it up a lot. Uh, and, you know, they hide out the Shrine Theater, 6,000 people, they had celebrities, they ended up doing a, like an hour-long pre-show, then a press conference for over an hour, and then a like a post-show. Like, it was yeah. a big event. Yeah. I, I can't imagine how much money they they spent on all of that, uh, considering the, the $1 sign I do know, they spent $10,000 to f- uh, fly that uh, Epic Mealtime guy to Japan. So, which is nuts it's nuts actually no at least twenty thousand because he there were he did a video about it, that, didn't he yeah he did a two a video about it and it was like twenty thousand flight twenty thousand dollar flight to japan and like yeah that was that was not cheap so you know if that's their if that's the the least of their expenses you know you can only imagine how much the, the marketing budget is for this game slash universe i mean like and and with that in mind, it must have been so frustrating when uh, kind of the leaks started trickling oh, out. Oh yeah, I That's... mean, like we saw, we had a, a, some of them. Like, I mean, we were discussing some of them as way back as last year. <laughs> yeah, July of last year. Um, so like some of this stuff was already kind of out there, but people just it was Didn't so bomb. Yeah, people just ignored it. And obviously, the day before, Gamespot had their massive goof, which leaked the release date, mm-hmm. the demo. It, it was a big screw up. Oops. Yeah. And I, I think the good thing was that they had so many announcements though. Like it kind of yeah, didn't yeah. Tra- detract too much. I think yeah, exactly. with the release day, I mean, that was leaked a couple of weeks ago anyway. Exactly. Um, and you know, if, even if that release day was fake, it, people, I guess they didn't care so much Yeah. about that. Obviously they still want to know the official release date, but mm. I think because it was, was kind of out there, it wasn't that big of a deal, but the fact that Square had promised so much other stuff. Yeah, that made it okay. I mean, it's still, I, I still am amazed the fact that they were able to host such a big event for a release date announcement. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, like normally, like PlayStation do events of this, actually smaller events than this. Yeah, exactly. I don't think they've ever done a big event. And that's to announce a new console. Yeah, the announcement of the PS4 was way smaller than this. Yeah, like, and when they did the, um, when, it, when they announced the Vita, no, it was the NGP, right? They had that yeah. pre, 
conference to talk about that and then like they do their kind of showcases like they're smaller than this also like even thinking outside of games just think about like an apple press conference even apple press conferences aren't that big like they don't it's they don't rent out the shrine theater at least yeah they don't invite six thousand fans to come along yeah with like yeah it's it's crazy like Final uh, yeah. Fantasy fourteen subscription money. Guys, you're, uh, we, we're going to need a bit of support here. You, yeah. you know, <laughs> we, we helped you out when you weren't having a good time. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> Alright, so we're going we're gonna to talk about the pre-show a bit later because we have some special special connections to that. Yes. Um, so we're going to dive straight into the press conference itself. And I think the first big announcement for me was, was Kingsglaive. Yeah. Uh, which, it, I mean... Okay, so that was the thing that was leaked last July, and everyone yeah. just ignored it. So apparently- ignoring that, it it kind of came out of left field, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, assuming like even for me, I did know of Kingsglaive for you know since at least uh, almost a year now. But even then, I didn't really believe it. Like it's it seems so suspect that Square Enix could uh, create an entire feature length movie and be quiet about it because classic Square Enix. They're always announcing things way too early. And this is like one time that they made a major project that they didn't announce too early. Square, you're shaping up to doing, you're doing something right for once. You announced something at the, just the right amount of time, you know, with less than six months away. Yeah. Cause this, I mean, from what we're expecting the moment, this could come out in the next three to four months. Yes. I mean, People are suggesting that it's going to come out before Final Fantasy 15 yes. as a stream download option, uh, and then it's going to be available on Blu-ray when Final Fantasy 15 comes out. Mm-hmm. But I think the fact that you know they've gone for such big, heavy hitter names, the graphics look absolutely st- stunning, especially the environmental scenes. Like you could watch that, absolutely. and it's, it's difficult to tell it's fake. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say it's it's it looks so good that it doesn't even look like Final Fantasy fifteen sometimes. Oh. That was the weird thing as well, actually, <laughs> because I I think Regis Regis looks ex- almost exactly the same in yes. the game and King's Glaive. Slightly different, but yeah, more or less the same. Luna, completely different. Yeah, that's that's Arden, weird. Completely different. Yeah. There are characters. There are movie specific characters in there. It's who look even better. Yeah, like true. like uh, Nix's Nix's character model looks amazing. Yes, I would say like honestly to me when I first saw what it actually looked like, it it struck a very Final Fantasy Spirits Within chord with me. Like it felt very mm. Western to me. Like it felt like the like two thousand one Square. Oh yeah, making a Western action movie like they did back then or it also reminded me of uh final flight of the osiris the matrix mm-hmm. yeah. uh short animation film that they did that's what those original characters look like to me and it feels like some weird in between as far as like art style goes between advent children and spirits within that's how i would describe that art style but yeah, it, advent it, children was very different yeah yeah definitely it was much more japanese uh and felt more like the felt more respectful to the game whereas this feels like some weird thing in between they've got an audi car in there that i don't know is that the regalia is this just another car that they own i'm assuming they wouldn't change the regalia design there's there's some uh licensing some uh sponsorship deals in there somewhere it's weird i don't, I don't <laughs> yeah no, it's, it's like it's the custom made audi r8 right yes so yeah i mean 
I guess they're trying to get some real world context for people that are going to see, even though it's not coming out in theaters. I'll just tell you this much: you won't see a Moogle in this movie. I don't think probably not. No, <laughs> no. I don't, I th- I think the way they're trying to target this movie is this is the gateway drug to get you into the fantastical stuff that they have in the game. Because if you know, if you compare what they showed of the game, they went very heavy on the fantasy side you're seeing these giant crystal mountains and you know you've got chocobos everywhere and you got pink haired people and like it's very hardcore fantasy whereas this movie feels like american action movie cross with anime like that's that's what it strikes me as i mean some parts of it are a little bit confusing for me i mean especially Mm -hmm. the voice cast yes they've gone for a very very big a-listers um to try and boost it up i mean clearly when they came out on stage people were super excited about the fact that these people were involved if they'd have brought out three random voice actors people would have just been like all right Um, and hustro baker yeah again (laughs) but i think the weird thing about that is that um you know there have been people talking about the fact that square often have consistency in their voice actors Mm -hmm. and you know it's true to a degree i mean we've had uh quite a few Aeriths, we've had a yuffies like the kingdom hearts franchise all over the place yeah but like yeah it kind of but but it's more understandable because these projects are years apart Mm -hmm. like the compilation of final fantasy 7 and kingdom hearts like you know people have different projects they don't want to do it anymore but final fantasy 15 and yeah kingsglaive that's like a couple like months. a couple of months <laughs> like you know it's going to be really confusing you know unless the voice actors they're hiring are going to match sean bean and uh, Lena Headey, like, yeah which, which they could do yeah they could but they could try S- something i want to know though is so uh i know this is getting kind of ahead but the uh final fantasy 15 the main trailer the english version of it had a voiceover which i would assume was regis that wasn't sean bean was it was it, it sounded british-ish to me does your do your trained ears tell you who it <laughs> sean is sean bean's got a very distinct voice i think it didn't feel like sean bean to me but it didn't feel bad let me just say that he's he was whoever I mean, they did do, the trailer like, was good with kingdom hearts they've tried to do right when they've yeah. when someone's like moved away they've tried to they've either asked the person to like do a distinct new voice yes or they've asked them to imitate yes and you know either one works i think the imitation one makes more sense in a short period of time because mm-hmm. yeah people are going to watch king's glaive they're going to like know especially if luna's going to be a very active role in 15 yeah it's yeah. going to be weird if the voice is completely different it's going to seem like it's two completely different characters that that's what i'm afraid of is of all the characters luna's the one i'm afraid afraid of the most because uh, it seems like yeah she's going to have a major role to play in final fantasy 15 why why did why didn't we get someone that we could use both times in this instance it's just it's just star power isn't it like yeah but yeah i guess we'll see um but yeah we need to move on okay we're against the clock here brown and we spent more time on king's play than we're supposed to so yeah the next thing was brotherhood brotherhood what what do you think about bro- I think when I watched the trailer I was like oh this looks like it should be when decent when I first and then- when I first saw them put the anime art up behind Greg Miller and Tim Gettys I was like oh they put some fan art up that doesn't look very good oh that's not fan art <laughs> and yeah the animation quality not so great apparently it looks like it's the studio that did uh Final Fantasy 7 the Last Order that it's um, animated movie 
it's the guys who did the Persona anime series. Oh and, yeah, um, Valkyria Chronicles anime series, and they also do Sword Art Online apparently. Yeah, from a from an animation quality standpoint, I'm not a fan. From a storytelling standpoint, I think it was solid. I enjoyed the first episode so far. I thought I thought it was a pretty good taste. Uh, my only concern is why are we devoting, uh, you know this why are we putting this backstory in an anime and not in the game and i think the same could be said with kingsclave you know why are we taking you know this content that seems kind of important in the case of brotherhood it's uh the origin of uh you know noct losing uh or noct having his near-death experience which was talked about since the versus days why is Nox's near-death experience, you know, being discussed in this anime and not in the game? Wouldn't that be important to his origin? Yeah, I, I think this. I I have a slight gripe about this too, especially with both of these. In that mm-hmm. they, the fact that they just announced they've added ten extra hours of main story content. Yes, like, but they Which, chose to cut both of these two out. Yeah, yeah. It makes you wonder. Like, is is that extra ten hours? Was that? Was that really gameplay added, or did you rebalance the game and, oh, now I need to do 10 hours of more grinding to finish it? Like, Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, like, um, so you were happy with the anime? I was okay with the anime. I thought it was solid. Like, uh, overall, quite good, but uh, yeah, art quality-wise, not great, but still, uh, still worth a watch, I think. What about the demo, the platinum demo? Oh boy! So, uh, so I played through that. It was I've played through it maybe three times now. Uh, first time I thought it was okay. I enjoyed the young knocked uh, portions of it. Um, the final uh, battle, which you fight with Iron Giant, that went okay. But I think the biggest problem that I have with the demo, which which I see a lot of people having, is the lack of explanation of what what you're even doing at all. Um, I do respect the fact that they're not, you know, they're not bashing you over the head with tutorials. I do enjoy that, but I think a little more effort should be placed in explaining some of these mechanics, especially with the iron giant battle, just because, uh, final fantasy 15's battle system has gotten a lot more complicated now, especially since, uh, episode to sky. And, uh, I fear that a lot of people are, dismissing this as a button masher which it most certainly isn't because there are a lot of very complex systems but they're not explained so you can't blame them for dismissing it as such i mean you think they'd learn wouldn't you because they had similar issues with episode disguise Mm -hmm. where like people didn't know about the lock-on feature because exactly like and obviously in disguise it was very small in Mm -hmm. in scale compared to this uh like you know the the things that people didn't know they could do were limited but yeah in this one it like it just see yeah the the gameplay system is very complicated and i think i mentioned this on a previous episode the fact that it was one of my concerns when they showed off this expanded gameplay Mm -hmm. um at the active time report in january that it looks fancy when you've got someone who knows exactly what they're doing Mm -hmm. but when you don't have a clue what you're doing it's just like it, it it's not that impressive yeah, uh, and and it's frustrating because I think there's going to be so many uh, when people like with you when you saw how you could play it. Yeah, it, it's like that. Well, like, why wasn't I told this? Exactly. I think I think at the end of the day, it's good to remember that you know this is this is just the demo, and we haven't played the game. So I'm I'm just hoping that throughout the game, 
they slowly introduce these concepts to you in an explicit manner. I hope it's not through a text box that says, oh, to use Armrieger, press uh, L1 and R1 together. Like maybe, you know, have a story moment about you obtaining this ability. Uh, even if it's like a simple side mission where you don't have to devote too much animation budget to it, like, you know, make make a make a moment out of this learning these abilities. That's how you're supposed to teach your player how to play your game. Uh, I, I just, think the I way just they did they... it in Disguise was all right, actually. Like with Gladio, yeah. kind of like teaching you. But even then, it wasn't really explained. Like most people didn't know yeah. how to use the parry the, system. The only thing I didn't like about that, but I think it made sense for Disguise because it was you know a, a smaller demo. The only thing I didn't like was that they introduced so much at once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think having, you know, a crash course was good for a demo, but I think for an entire game, it might be more beneficial to introduce mechanics as you go and and add complexity as you go once you've mastered previous mechanics. Because I think, I think that's going to be necessary because from what I've experienced, it's very complicated. And from what I've seen other people do, it's way more complicated than I could have ever imagined. <laughs> Like it's it's yeah. a crazy battle system, especially like when you throw in the different weapons and defensive. Yeah, items like you can every use every and... weapon has its own thing to it. Like I don't know how that how they're gonna you know explain yeah, I, that. I mean, like when we initially saw it, it was like okay, so Noctis is gonna use different types of swords and, mm-hmm. and maybe a couple of different type of um, like piercing slashing weapons. Now he's got shrikens. He's got massive shields he can use. Like it's it's suddenly like getting more and more complicated. Like exactly. now you can do range attacks. Now you can mm-hmm. do magic. Obviously, like it's uh it's oh, going to be interesting. Don't don't even get me started on the magic. That is that's not well implemented. I'll just say that. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. So um, just to kind of wrap our thoughts up on the press conference, like how did you feel uncovered went? Like were you happy with the hosts? Did you think like the segues and the segments worked quite well? The collects edition announcements. I thought I thought it was overall a good a good conference. I, I really like that you know they 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 started it right. They got Sakaguchi on stage. You know, set the record straight. I'm the father of Final Fantasy. You better listen to me. Look, I know I know they've been screwing up. Thirteen was dumb, and and you know, but you know what? I spoke to Tabata. Everything sounds good. All right, it's okay to like Final Fantasy again. I'm I'm paraphrasing, but that's that's what he was effectively saying to the Final Fantasy fan base. So I'm glad they started there. They followed it up with a trailer. Beautiful way to start it off. Uh, I thought some some aspects of of the conference were a little hit and miss. Like you know, when when they brought the celebrities on stage, it was a little bit uh, a little bit cringeworthy for me. Like. The banter between the host and the celebrities, it just didn't... Yeah. Having, you know, hearing celebrities trying to feign their respect for Final Fantasy isn't a good thing. I'm sorry. Like... To like, me, are you a fan of Final Fantasy? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Fan? You know, it's it's this mythical thing and... uh, Yeah, you know, I've always, always respected the Final Fantasy. Oh, what's your favorite one? Yeah. Yeah, like it just the like spirits within feigned feigned respect <laughs> is worse than no no context for it. Like I don't know that 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 to me was where the conference start started tanking a bit. I was okay with Greg Miller. I've uh, but I think it's mostly because I'm familiar with his prior work. I used to listen to him on IGN with Podcast Beyond, and I occasionally listen to his uh his. PS I love you podcast so I'm used to his shtick 
So I, I but I can understand why some people might not like him so much. But I, I thought it was a, overall a good conference. At the very least, they had a lot to say, and that's that more than anything for this game is like like it's it's amazing to be able to think that wow there was a a big conference they spent a lot of money and they focused the spotlight on this game when you know we've been dealing with a decade where you know it was the thing that Nomura wasn't allowed to talk about you know it was the thing that you know yes after type zero we'll focus on versus you know it, it was this thing that they could just never focus on you could never look at it, it was always the thing in the corner and now there was this big event. So I think it was overall amazing. 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 Except so I was like, cringeworthy like, I at points. Could, overall, it was, yeah, it was all right. No, <laughs> no but I, I, think, um, I think the event was worked out really well for them. Um, obviously, they had the pre-show and the post-show as well. Mm-hmm. But I think the press conference itself, like they had so many different things. Obviously, yeah, they had the like the number board on the background. And yeah. even the way they did the release date, I don't know if it was planned or if they changed it after mm-hmm. the leak, but the fact that it kind of did the troll yeah. November the 30th <laughs> uh, before going to the 30th, 30th of September, I, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, Tabata, like, he was a lot more nervous than I was expecting him to be. Yeah. He's, like, he, But I guess it's because he was trying to speak English, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. He's trying to speak English. You know, he's in front of a crowd of 6,000 where... You know, when we usually see him speaking in, in, in a public way, he's talking to a camera with the ACRs or he's talking to a smaller crowd at, an, uh, at a trade show. So maybe there's, you know, a difference when we're dealing with a crowd of 6,000. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I thought it was good. I mean, the uh, the theme announcement kind of was a bit strange to me. Yeah. Um, especially because they used it in both trailers. Yes. That was a bit weird to me. I, I don't know how I feel about the theme. Uh, I mean, a lot of people are saying it's got a g- good connection, but yeah, at the same I, time, it's like, is this going to be the theme in the Japanese game? Probably not. Well, I mean, they did use, like you said, they did use it in both trailers, so possibly. I mean, I, I will say this much. In, in the case of the song, Stand By Me, uh, in Japan, and, and, and this is not coming from my own information, I listened to uh, this other podcast, 8-4 Plays, where, where they're... Uh, I don't know. Some they they work in the games industry in Japan, so they have a little bit more context for this. But apparently, uh, "Stand by Me" in Japanese culture is inextricably linked from the movie "Stand by Me." It has absolutely no meaning as Ben E. King's "Stand by Me." When people listen to "Stand by Me," they think of the movie. It's almost as if you know. It, it's almost as if the theme was a, a circle of life for us. <laughs> you know, if they're trying to make this like Lion King. Hmm. You know, when they hear Stand By Me, they think of the movie Stand By Me. And with all intents and purposes, that is the theme, that is a perfect uh, analog for what Final Fantasy XV is trying to be. It's a a story of brotherhood, uh, it's a road trip, all things that Stand By Me was about. There's even four four main male characters in Stand By Me, so. Do you think they'll stick with the English version for the Japanese game, though? Uh, I think they might pull a Type Zero and maybe subtitle it. Like they did for us in in the West yeah. when they brought it over, I think only because Florence and the Machine was not a cheap get. You know, that's a pretty uh, you know Florence yeah, is pretty established. I heard like in weird way they it sounds like they approached Square. That's what that's what it seemed like in the cover, but I don't know. I, it, well, they were saying that like they they approached Square because they uh, were listening to like the classic FM video yeah. game campaign and stuff and. I wonder yeah, how I that mean, went down. It'd be a actually. nice story. 
Yeah, it, it's, it's a not, nice story. Again, that's a nice story, but what really went down? I don't know. Like, I could see, like, oh, this is how I found out about video game music, and then when Square approached me, I was like, oh, that sounds like a great opportunity. I don't know. It seems like Square thought, you know, some some Japanese salary man at Square was like, oh, you know what would be good for this game? Uh, so stand by me. That's what this reminds me of. Let's make that. Let's let's take a cover. That's gonna be our theme. Something like that happened where it, it came from Square Enix Japan because Stand by Me is a you know an established, very famous movie in Japan that does relate to the game, and then they spoke with their uh, external partners on how they could get the licensing. You know who they could get to do it. They probably tried Adele first, and then they went with Florence. <laughs> <laughs> That's my guess. All right. All right, so we we need to wrap this. We need to wrap this up. You got it. Um, so we got a few more bits. Uh, first of all, I want to give a shout out to Chiro. Yeah, because he, he was, was there. there, but he wasn't just there. Yeah, he was sitting like directly behind Sakaguchi, Amano, and Shimamura. Yeah, and he- like how did he wangle that one? Uh, so Chiro and some people from KH Insider, they had they got VIP passes. I don't know how they got VIP passes sitting there of all places, but. <laughs> That's how it happens. I don't. I don't. He just got lucky, I guess. And he, somehow he was always in perfect shot of the camera whenever the camera was panning <laughs> by. Hey, there's Chiro in his hat. Uh, Chiro in his hats. Um, but yeah, the other thing uh, we wanted to talk about was the pre-show. Yeah. And uh, so there's two things that were awesome about this. One, the calendar. Yeah. Which I believe came up first, right? Yeah. So I had some art in there. Uh, Square Enix had their. Uh, unbreakable bonds uh fan art contest and the second that was announced i started working on it and i worked tirelessly and even canceled one of our deep dive streams to get that painting done in time so i'm glad that my hard work paid off i made it into the calendar uh and onto the pre-show so churro churro grabbed one for me so i'll have a physical one uh, I don't know when awesome. I'll pick it up, but I'll get one. And you are the month of November. I'm the month of November, which, by the way, is my birth month. So once I get it, when it's my birthday, I'll get to see my heart again. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So the other big thing was that, um, and actually, Laura and I weren't watching the stream live because we have to be responsible. Yeah, su- now. super late for you guys. And um, But we, I don't know whether it was Ali who woke us up or whether or not it was our phones going off, but... One of the two happened, yeah. and then uh, we quickly realized that, oh, we were in the pre-show. Yeah. Uh, Lauren, Lauren's in there doing an interview, um, and I'm there handing out some tickets to people and telling them what quiz team they needed to select. <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, it was, it was so cool that um, Final Fantasy Union got featured on the un- in the Uncovered stream. Yeah. Um, and and the fan event itself was featured very heavily. It had a, uh, an entire segment that it shared with the fi- with the Japanese uh, fan event. Yeah, which was it was so amazing, and so many of the people uh, that went obviously got featured in the stream too. Absolutely, and uh, I think the funniest thing for me is actually going back. Uh, I watched the. Um, when I was watching it again, I was watching it on Twitch. Yeah, because uh, I wanted to see kind of what the reaction was to to the event. And uh, when Lauren was doing her interview, obviously Ali's kind of strapped to her. Yeah. And the stream just went from like, you know what Twitch streams like? It's just like super negative comments. Everyone's angry all the time to just a wall of people just posting baby, like that baby picture. That baby face emoticon. And yeah. So everyone just went, baby, baby, just started screaming baby. (laughs) That was awesome. (laughs) 
Uh, Ellie's famous. So much. She is. She was. She was. She, she was on the Uncovered pre-show. The That's, first baby of Uncovered. There you go. First baby. I, I. I would. Yeah. Honestly, that was. That was the only baby shown. In the entire stream, so there you go. That's that's got to be maybe the first baby ever shown in a video game press conference. That is, that's possible, I guess. <laughs> oh man! All right, I think that's pretty much it. We yeah. already spoke about the release date anyway, so yeah, um, it's a good release date, and it lets them go to all the press conferences. That's basically it is. Although I still don't understand why they've done it on a Friday. Yeah, well, okay, so here's my understanding. I'll make it as quick as possible. Apparently, it's probably for Japan, specifically. Uh, I think sometime long ago when Dragon Quest came out, it caused a really big problem when it released during the week that Japanese productivity across the country actually went down, and it was to a noticeable degree when Dragon Quest came out in the middle of a week. Well, they're banned, don't they? Yeah, banned so they, they banned days. the release during during weeks, so apparently that's why Japanese games have to come out more towards the weekend now. So I think that's why. It's probably Japan. That's my only guess. Because the UK is always Fridays, too. Yeah. Well, Europe is... is and for America, Friday. we're always Tuesday. Because yeah, uh, so I looked that up... You guys and, are going to get super confused. Yeah, we're going to get super confused. Uh, uh, from what I understand, the America thing, uh, apparently when Sonic 2 came out, they, it came out on Sonic Tuesday. And uh-huh. ever since then, uh, that was a thing. Also, Ooh, that's a good little fact there. Yeah, also, it's more of a practical thing where uh, it gives... Uh, because shipping companies don't work over the weekend, it gives them an extra day to make sure that every store across the entire country of the United States has the product before it goes on sale. So, you know, California doesn't get it a day early, basically. But I don't I don't know if that's oh, necessary see. these days. It's more of a tradition no. now. But yeah, it just means that, like, since you're going to get it on a Friday, it means that people won't have to skive off work yeah they, they have, have a that whole weekend exactly whole exactly. weekend or they could just they could only be sick on friday exactly uh, productivity won't go down for final fantasy 15 as much as much yeah. <laughs> depends on how long it is can you can you pack in 50 hours over the weekend that is the question i reckon so i hope i can <laughs> I, I don't know yet i managed to i managed to get in like 45 hours of of 13 from friday through monday the real question is how big is the game actually because i've i've been noticing with these big open world games with all these uh extra side quests i've been racking up hours like crazy like my uh my metal gear solid 5 playtime is like 150 hours something like that like something yeah. insane like that because of all the side quests so I can only imagine uh, I'm going to have something in the area of, you know, a couple hundred hours on that game. Definitely. Oh I mean, like, if the main story quest is 40 to 45, yeah, then, like, yeah, excluding side quests, exactly. that's going to be a lengthy game. Yeah. Oh, boy. Can't wait. All right. We've 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 overrun slightly, but it's not too bad. Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, but, yeah, thanks to everyone for listening. And um, Brandon, we'll see you guys in a couple of days. Yeah, see you on Tuesday, guys. Bye, everyone.